kids-first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine. And I'm your other host, Zoe. (laughs) And today we will be talking about some of our favorite movies and TV shows releases during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First Film Critic reporters. But first, we will be introducing and welcoming some new Kids First team members. Hey, how are you guys? Great, how are you? We're good. All right, so we have with us today Micah and Gianna. Hi. How did you guys find out about Kids First Coming Attractions? Well, I was looking, I was, um, we're actually sisters, so we were looking together. We were actually looking for things to do over quarantine, and we just happened to stumble across this, and it looked really cool because we both love being behind the camera, so we thought this would be a great thing for us both to do. That's awesome. How's your experience been so far? It's been been great. (laughs) Everyone is so nice. Um, All of the kids are so nice. The reviews are great. The interviews are great. And we are watching the YouTube channels to catch up with everyone's videos. So we're really happy to be a part. That's so great to hear. It is a great thing to do during quarantine just because it's it's just it's really fun. It's very it's it's nice because it's time consuming in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> and you can watch movies in the comfort of your own home. No hassle to the movie theater or anything like that. <laughs> exactly. What has been uh, your most recent review? My recent review has been Hope's Legacy and Lily's Light, the movie. And what about you, Micah? Um, I just did Hope's Legacy 2, and I definitely enjoyed that movie. So I'm excited to talk about that and watch it when it comes out. For sure. Going to like movies, like in the movie theater, or would you, would you like it better like here at home? Um, well, of course, everybody loves going to the movie theater, but since we can't, it's nice to have to be able to watch movies in the comfort of our home. Yeah, I understand. Totally. Thank you, Micah and Gianna, for talking with us about uh, Kids First, coming to Kids First. Now we are talking about, with Zoe and me, about Wonder Woman 1984. Yay! I saw it today. Like, um, I loved it. Did you like it? I really loved it. I, it was, I was, I had high hopes and they definitely, it definitely completed all the way up to my high hopes. That's good. For me, I think it wasn't as good as the first one. But I think that's very common. It, there are sometimes um, sequels don't always match the level of amazingness as the previous one, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I do. I really enjoyed it too. And I just, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I definitely loved this one, but I feel like the original Wonder Woman is just, it's always going to hold a special place with my family and my heart. And so, yeah, I thought it was great. And what did you think of the acting? I love the acting. Um, I think everyone did, you know, oh, a spectacular job. I loved, oh my God, wait. Um, 
Lord, you know who, Mike Lord? Mike Lord, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yes, Pedro Pascal. I loved him. I He kept me intrigued and I loved his character, very mysterious. I, at the beginning, I could kind of tell something's going to go down with this dude. But, um, and I think <laughs> the girl who plays Wonder Woman, I completely forgot her name. <laughs> Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, she, I just feel like she's always um incredible. I mean, she was pretty much made for Wonder Woman. I think this is the perfect movie for her and um, her facial expressions and everything. I was crying during the film like a couple of times. It was really captivating. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm very, I cry very easily during movies, but this one definitely was um, up there for that. So what do you think that all of the action scenes were like? I love that. I think, I don't know about you, but the first scene, like the opener, I thought that was beautiful with like the obstacle courses and everything. Um, I was going to say something, but that's a spoiler. But the, the action scenes were, they were, I, it was so beautifully filmed. Um, I really like, I loved it, to be honest. And I really appreciated that it was like, you, I mean, you could tell that some things weren't CGI. I mean, you could tell some things were CGI, but I liked how they really, they really tried to use as little CGI as possible. And I really appreciated that because I mean, it might be in some ways easier, but sometimes harder, but I always appreciate genuine, um, genuine. Yeah. (laughs) Film down to earth and um, relatable almost. Yeah, that's for sure. Like bond between the mother and daughter and father and son. I, there were just so many cute messages throughout the film. Yes, for sure. So thank you, Zoe. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about some of our favorite movie and TV show releases during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First film critic reporters. And now we're going to talk to you again and Callista about Soul. <laughs> okay, so what is Soul about? That can be for Calista. <laughs> okay. So Soul is the film about a middle school music teacher named Joe Gardner who wants nothing more than to perform jazz music on stage. And once he finally gets that chance, he gets into an accident that separates his soul from his body. And then he has to go on a journey with a unborn soul named 22 to return to his body in time. How fitting for the name Soul. <laughs> yeah. And so you said that there's a lot of music in it. So Zoe, what was the musical score like? The music was beautiful. Um, since this movie is, you know, Joe, Joe Gardner, his main passion is jazz. You see like a lot of jazz music. And you know, what really caught my attention is that the score is mostly by industrial rock band Nine Inch Nails with Trent Renzer and Arctic Ross. And um, basically it, it's like the interment- instrumentals in the movie and you can see like once joe goes into like the other realm or the great before um this music is very like electronic and futuristic and kind of eerie it creates a nice contrast with the jazz music though and everything's included in the soundtrack and i would definitely recommend listening to it because it is a work for it yeah and what were the what was the voice acting like because this was an animated movie i uh i thought the voice acting was really good i think um I think it was very well cast and, um, you know, in general, there was a lot of emotion, of course. I, it's not surprising because this is Pixar and it kind of has a lot of surprisingly existential themes. And I think because of because of the voice cast, the emotional moments definitely hit um, a lot harder. Yeah, I feel like... 
it's yeah it's, it seems like a very beautiful film and you were saying there are lots of I mean obviously it is Pixar so there's definitely going to be some sad moments and stuff like that but what were some good like messages and takeaways from this movie for Zoe yeah go ahead um I think well in my opinion I just felt like there was too much going on at the story in one point and it was kind of chaotic and that's not Sometimes it isn't a bad thing. In this case, I think it was because at one point I just felt like there was just too much going on. But the messages I took away were kind of like um, life is a gift and we have to like appreciate it as much as we can, even if we don't. And um, everyone can find their own talents at their own time. And there's no rush for that. Sounds like an amazing movie and I can't wait. Well, can't wait for it. Uh, Well, actually, it comes out on Christmas. Yay! So many movies coming out on Christmas. So, (laughs) all right. Thank you so much, Zoe and Calista, for talking about Soul. And now we're going to go over to Calista about Fishbowl. <laughs> so Fishbowl seems like a very interesting movie. Um, what were your overall opinions on it? Well, it definitely was interesting. That's one way you can describe it. I think it's a very hard film to sort of like easily sum up because of it's like you're not entirely sure like how it's going to play out for most of the movie. And it, it sort of is such like a very, it gives a, you a very strange feeling, not necessarily a good or bad one. It's just, I, I just, it's probably one of the most like unique films I have seen in recent years. Interesting. And so what is something else that stood out to you in this film? I definitely think the themes were um, the most interesting part of the film to me because there was a lot of themes about religion and how religion is sort of manipulated to, uh, is sort of manipulated to take advantage of people and and often cases their money Um, with most of the events in the movie being spurred on by a televangelist and a person who watches this commercial just so happens to be an emotionally vulnerable man who is going through a lot of trauma and doesn't know how to handle it. And as a result, this whole this whole conflict between him and his daughters, it just keeps spiraling throughout the movie, getting worse and worse as he progressively becomes a worse and worse person. And their relationship basically just falls apart. It sounds like horrible when I'm describing it, but like it's genuinely interesting to me as like a, from like a character study perspective, because on the one hand, it's like you understand that this isn't entirely his fault because he like was emotionally vulnerable and he gave into this you know, corrupt scam artist, but also the way he's acting is pretty inexcusable. And it's like, you're, you're kind of like, on some levels, you're like, oh, I can kind of sympathize with him, but also you're being a horrible father. So I just, I found the characters and like the writing and like the messages behind it very interesting. Oh, uh, why was this one of your favorite movies of this year? I think this was one of my favorite movies because it just stood out to me so much. Like, a re- like religious movies are new or anything like that but I've really never seen a religious movie that sort of tackles the actual like issues in the way people take advantage of religion and people's beliefs I think that that alone would have been enough but I think the way it's executed and just like how it's set up because the mood is very bleak and it's just sometimes I I'm personally one who's very into like oh I'm, I'm very much into stories where things get better in the end but I think having a movie like this where it's just, it just gets worse and worse. And it's like, it's fascinating in the most morbid way. There are some films that I just want to see to see. And now this is one of those I want to see to see it because <laughs> you're making it sound very good. 
Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Uh, so this show today is sponsored by Lily's Life, the movie. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Zoe, from Kids First Coming Attractions. And today we're talking about some of our favorite movies and TV shows during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First reviewers and film critics. And right now I'm going to be talking to Catherine about some of her favorite movies. Hey, Catherine, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So some of your favorite movies were Onward, um, The Witches, and Weird But True. Now I've seen Onward and The Witches, but I have not seen Weird But True. So um, is there anything that these three films have in common that you kind of liked or are they like completely different or tell me about them? Well, okay, so Onward and the Witches are fantasy, um, as you know, because you've seen them both. But Weird But True is an educational show. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so what do you mean by educational? Like, is it for like younger audiences and does it teach them stuff or? Honestly, I think it can be for anybody. It is aimed towards younger audiences, but I obviously enjoyed it. I mean, I always like learning stuff from my shows uh, that I watch and Weird But True. So there's these books called Weird But True by National Geographic, and it's just a bunch of weird facts. And so they kind of take some of those facts and make them into episodes kind of cool oh no wonder because I whenever I would go to the library at my school I would see those um it was like those interesting facts from geological and that's where the name came from that's cool so um what is like onward and the witches about so onward is about um two sons and so they find out their dad is a wizard (laughs) And so they see that, well, kind of wizard, they find an artifact that can bring him to life for one day, and it works, but not fully. Only the bottom half of him comes back. So it's their journey to try to get him all back. (laughs) And then The Witches is about um, a little boy 
whose parents sadly pass away in a car crash. And so he goes to live with his grandma and his grandma. Well, and him encounter a witch. And so once there's a witch, that means that there's trouble. So they, uh, they go to a hotel, but it turns out that hotel is hosting a witch convention. So I guess trouble brews there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, um, I don't know about you, but with this film, I felt like I liked it. I mean, I was kind of creeped out at points, obviously. And I was like, whoa, I haven't seen that today. That's interesting. But at the same time, I think it was um, a nice experience. Did you feel the same way? I did feel like it was a nice experience. I mean, I'm also kind of... Uh, I'm not great with horror movies. <laughs> not great with them. Uh, but I thought it, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, it had a good enough, like a good amount of scary that it wasn't too scary. You know, it had the necessary amount. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for talking with me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about some of our favorite movie and TV show releases during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First film critic reporters. And now we're going to be talking with Catherine again, uh, Ashley, um, Drashita, and Maika on Enola Holmes. How are is everyone? Great. Good again. <laughs> so I have seen Enola Holmes as well. I loved it. Um, can, uh, let's see. Ashley, do you want to tell me what Enola Holmes is about? Sure. So Enola Holmes is about a girl um, who's part of the Holmes family, which is famous for um, Sherlock Holmes, who is a special detective. Um, and Noah Holmes goes on a journey to find her missing mother, and she finds that her mother is part of a society of, of females who are very strong. And she goes on, like, very cool, like, adventures, and she basically gets to display her um, skills that her mom taught her out in the real world. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, I love the acting as well. And I love Millie Bobby Brown and all of those um, people who were in this film. So, Mikala, I love your name. That's so unique. But how did you feel about the acting overall throughout the film? Yeah, so I think the acting is really good. Like you said, Millie Bobby Brown, she's a really good actress. And I think that she really portrayed the character well, along with all of the other actors. I totally agree. Um, so, Jashita, how did you feel kind of about the... Because I, I know they use like green screens and stuff. So did you think that was all believable or could you kind of tell? I actually didn't know until I saw the behind the scenes about that. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, neither did I. Like, I honestly thought everything had happened. And I was like wondering with all like the train scenes, how would they have shot that? And so it was kind of cool seeing the behind the scenes, but I could have never guessed. Me neither. And but that's also something that I like because in, in the train scene, we can see like Millie and she's kind of struggling at one point trying to hang on to a train, trying not to die. So um, let's go back to Ashley. What are some of the messages that you took away from this film? Definitely girl power. Um, having female, like a female role such as Millie Bobby Brown, um, displaying courage and doing all those action scenes. Um, it was so inspiring. So definitely girl power. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. 
Uh, Josita, how did you, would you recommend this film to people and why would you, if you would recommend it? I would recommend it mainly because I'm like a big mystery fan and I think anyone who likes detective stories would just love it. Also anyone that likes like female-centric movies in, in general. So yeah, 100% would recommend. Me too. I, I have to agree with everyone who's been talking about this film. I think it's definitely probably one of my favorites of 2020. So now we're going to be switching over to Heather and Catherine on The Mandalorian. Now, from what I've heard, this is kind of Star Wars related, but I don't watch Star Wars at all, and I have not seen this film. So let's go off with Catherine, and what is this film about? Okay, so it's a show, actually, and season, oh. the season finale, yeah, sorry, it's okay. Uh, the season finale just came out on... I think it was the 18th of December. So go watch it. It's good. But The Mandalorian is about, uh, I'll just say the, the season, the whole thing, I guess. Mandalorian is about uh, a Mandalorian. It's a race of people. <laughs> this is kind of hard to explain. Um, <laughs> so it's about uh, people. And so he, they're kind of solitary people, c- kind of. So <laughs> I feel like I'm explaining this not very well. But you need help? You want me to get you? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, I got you. So Mandalorian is the term for someone who lives on the planet of Mandalore. So if you've seen the original movies, Boba Fett, who is just announced, who got his own show, is a Mandalorian. But Din Djarin, who is the star of the Disney Plus show, he's from this other creed. So he's he has different beliefs to a lot of other Mandalorians. So um, I actually have... Baby Yoda, if you oh, want to call him. I have, a, I have a Baby Yoda back here, too. Woo! Oh, yeah. It's tiny, but... <laughs> so, but anyway. so he he is a bounty hunter, and he is contracted to get this target who has 50 years old, who ends up being this guy right here. So that's the whole thing, and it's he, he sort of becomes a father to who... We now know that Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. So it's that whole thing for season one was about him realizing that this target is worth much more than he thought. And now it's trying to get Grogu home. And we see so many iconic characters in the show. I loved it. 10 out of 10. Couldn't be better. That's great. Now I feel left out that I don't have a Baby Yoda with me. Like y'all got your whole like Star Wars stuff going on. So... From what I'm understanding, is this like before Star Wars? Like before, is this kind of, um, no? No, it's, it, it's, so it takes place. So after the, so, you know, there are the movies, the older movies that came out before, like, you know, they're the older movies and it takes place after that. So 25-ish years before no, the- No, 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 it's five years after Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's um, it's 25 years before the newer movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, I think that's kind of cool, though, because um, I feel like it's kind of, I guess, refreshing. And I know Star Wars fans were very disappointed when they heard that um, the series is going to be ending. And I can't, I mean, I can't blame them because from what I've seen in Star Wars, everything is so and well done and I mean who doesn't like outer space come on but thank you guys so much for talking with me so now I'm going to switch to Kyla Catherine again and then Michaela on Godmother so 
I haven't seen this either. <laughs> so here, Michaela, what is Godmothered about? Um, so Godmothered is about the main character and she, Eleanor, and she um, comes from this Godmother land, I guess you could say. And it's going to basically shut down and there's not going to be any Godmothers if she doesn't do her last, like, one task. So she finds one and she goes out into the real world and she meets this family and this woman who she thought was going to be a little girl, but she ends up to be a grown woman with two kids. And she basically just helps her find her true love, which is what the quest was for her. That is very interesting. I guess that's where the name Godmother comes from. <laughs> okay, so Kyla, um, what are your favorite aspects of this film? Well, I think one of the the best part is definitely the message is very clear and it's just to spread kindness and make other people's life like more joyful. And she just tries to make Mackenzie's life much better and spreads joy to other people. Well, tries to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And I feel like that's a, um, I guess, a nice reminder of what we need in the world right now to be kind. So Catherine, um, what are some of the messages in this film? Now I'm curious. Um, yeah, so definitely spread kindness. Um, and I guess just help out and maybe accept that times change. Times can change and things can change. Um, so never stick, like, you don't always have to stick to the, the books and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Awesome. Um, Nikaila, so I'm guessing... Was I don't know exactly what time frame. I'm, I think this is in the 19th. I might be completely wrong, but like, how was the cinematography in this film? It was really good. Um, sometimes, like, when they were back in the godmothered world, there was a lot of magic going on, and they really portrayed that, like, really well, and it looks pretty real. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Lily's Night, the movie. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. 
Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with some of our Kids First team members about their favorite movies and TV shows during the year of 2020. And now we are talking to Ishan about some of his favorite movies. So the one, so your, some of your favorites were The One and Only Ivan, Come Play, and is it Collective? Yes. Okay, cool. So I have seen The One and Only Ivan, and that was about a gorilla. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's based off of a book. And so did you read the book, uh, The One and Only Ivan? Absolutely. Yeah, I loved that book when I was in elementary. Um, I think definitely seeing it as a movie gives me a different perspective on it. I know that when I was that young, I didn't fully understand what the message was. It was against animal cruelty. It was against, you know, keeping animals in circuses. But of course, when you're in elementary school, you're like, haha, gorilla, I like this book. Um, I mean, but it, it still retains the original appeal. And I think, um, you know, th the movie was really, really uh, well crafted. I, I spoke with um, the director, Thea Sherrick, as well as uh, some of the actors, and they kind of gave me insight on behind the scenes. And uh, it was really nice because uh, uh, Thea Sherrick, she actually reached out to uh, Catherine Applegate, who is the original author of the book. And uh, the author was like, wow, you made my book magic. And I, I love that reaction. <laughs> That is great. I always feel like, I mean, I'm not really like a creative writer or anything, but I'm like, whoa, if I wrote a book and it turned into a movie, I think that was pretty cool. <laughs> and so Come Play is a horror movie. And so I guess you could, yeah, it's a horror movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so do you usually like horror movies? See, this is where it's interesting because, and I like that we took such a such a massive turn from you know one and only Ivan all the way down to you know horror movies uh, with <laughs> with Come Play. So I am not uh, a scary movie person like normally because I am the I'm the type of person who watches things that are. I mean, if they're scary, there's at some point they get happy, or like it's it's like there's a plot roller coaster at which like I can skip ahead, you know. But this entire movie kind of has like a shadow cast on it. But um, it's just that there's so many cool elements from like different films that it's it's subtextual, but it's still there. Uh, they've had they have stuff from various um, very famous uh, horror films that have all been uh, added in, and I love the CGI. Um, honestly, the just the beautiful way that it was crafted uh, takes your mind off if you're if you're not the scary movie type of person. Uh, it takes your mind off of all of the you know scary uh, horror things. I mean, Larry, who's the big old monster who just wants a friend, um, you know, creeping up on Oliver and trying to suck him out of his world. You know, all of that kind of goes out of your mind, and you're like, wow, this is amazing CGI. And so, collective collective is um, a documentary and. It correct me if I'm wrong, but it was filmed in a it was in a different language, correct? Yes, it was in so, uh, Romanian. Yeah, it was um, again, again looking at me. I don't think you will assume I know any Romanian. I do not know any Romanian, um, but it was really really interesting. Um, I think the subtitles were perfectly paced. Everything was pretty good, um, and just because the scenes were so filled with context, like. 
he's standing next to you know a, a newspaper printing uh, a printer basically and he's saying you know okay we need to get these magazines out there even if i didn't have the subtitles on that's just an example but if I, even if i didn't have the subtitles on i'd know what was going on it's it's almost like this in every single scene in the movie um and for me i like watching foreign films it's just a thing um i like getting insight into other cultures um in this case into other political systems because uh, the film deals with some relatively heavy political and also like uh pharmaceutical industry like those types of themes so it was really really intriguing i was um back in the episode of the podcast where i discussed this uh with ethan i think uh i was super duper enthusiastic uh, i really 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 enjoyed this film that is so great and thank you so much for uh talking with me about some of your favorite movies <laughs> sure yeah happy new year Happy New Year! <laughs> so now we're switching over to Gianna and Micah on The Sleepover! Okay, and so Gianna, what was, uh, what was this movie about? So this movie is about a brother and sister, Clancy and Kevin, and their friends, Mim and Louis, they go on a hunt to find their parents after the mom's, like, old, like, gangster crew like get them capture them to go like to do a mission to get the crown and the kids just go like through series of events like they go from here 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 and they're just going through a lot of places just to find their parents and it's just really action film i really like it yeah action films are always really fun movies to watch and so action movies need Good actors. <laughs> so uh, what, how are the actors in the movie? Um, the actors, I was literally speechless because I love action-packed films like Spies or um, Thieves or stuff like that. So this really caught my attention and the acting just made it that much better because there was a lot of different dynamics. Like when the, there were like teenager like events, like she was mad at her parents because they were like stopping her from doing things they thought were dangerous. So, and there was different action and she was desperate to help her parents like Clancy. So I thought it was great because you can see the range of emotion and also the different events that happen with the actors. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like the acting were, they, they casted pretty well. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with me about The Sleepover. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about some of our favorite movies and TV show releases during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First film critic reporters. And now we're switching over to Kyla about the personal history of David Copperfield and Ever After. <laughs> and so the personal history of David Copperfield is based off of a book. <laughs> Did you read the book? Um, no, but I'm really wanting to. Yeah, so it is based off of Charles Dickens' original story of about David Copperfield. And this is an amazing twist off of that book. It sounds like a very fun film because I definitely love Charles Dickens as an author and stuff. So, and ever after. Well, I'm just wondering what, uh, what is this movie about? I probably should have asked this earlier, but what is it about more? Oh yeah, it was, um, well, I guess it was a lot more um, just realistic. So like it was more relatable. And although it was a Cinderella story, it was 
um, just different and you can definitely tell that it's more like more realistic. I didn't know. Sorry, I'm doing a bad <laughs> job. But <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for talking to me about uh, the personal history of David Copperfield and Ever After. So now we are switching over to Micah on Doolittle. And Doolittle came out, I feel like, in January. That was a long one, but I loved it too. So um, it has a bunch of talking animals and cool stuff like that because it's Dr. Yeah. Doolittle. <laughs> and so what did you think about the CGI and the, all of the animated animals? That was probably like, I know I keep saying everything about animation, but animation was probably my favorite thing about it. And the voiceover worked with, with the animals that were um, animated into it and were edited into it were great. It actually looked like they were talking because I know sometimes when you have like different movies with animation, sometimes it can look a bit off, but that was not the case with this one. They looked in sync and the acting was great from the voice actors and the CGI was also amazing with the animals. And so what was your favorite aspect of this film? My favorite aspect was probably the theme which was resilience and resilience really leads to happiness because um, when John Doolittle, he lost his wife so, and he really just shut the whole world out well aside from his animals. And he just didn't want to communicate with anyone. But once he did, you can see how much happier he was and how much he was coming back from that loss in his life, which really showed how you ha life moves on and you have to move on with it so you can have a happy life and you have no regrets. Thank you for talking uh, to me with, about Doodle. And now I'm going to talk to you again about the Christmas Chronicles 2, number two. <laughs> and so have you seen the first Christmas Chronicles. Yes, um, I watched it with my family, with my cousin and my sisters, and we really enjoyed it. And we watched it on a big TV. So the, um, the adventures were even more um, realistic and amazing to watch. So I loved the first movie. And this was a really great sequel to it. Yeah. So do you recommend watching the first movie before the um, before the second? Well, while the second movie has like a different, like it has a different um, like plot to it, you should, I do recommend watching the first movie first because then you can actually get the idea of the characters, like the original characters from that movie. So you really have a better understanding of what's actually happening with the same characters who are returning to the sequel. Because if not, it might not really make sense as to what's going on, but it's actually easy to follow, which makes it even better. So um, did you like the change between, you know, the jolly old St. Nick and to, uh, you know, <laughs> Christmas Chronicles uh, Santa? Yes, I thought they did a great job with not like taking away the original. They didn't take away like some of the aspects to the original Santa Claus, but they actually added to that, which um, gave him a much more like adventurous, rebellious type character, which gave the movie an act, a really positive and happy and it really positive mood and tone. So it's really a different film than what you're used to seeing Santa with, but it was a great way to do it. Yeah, I definitely think that it's kind of ironic that the, Sa the Santa is a little bit naughty, even though he's tracking <laughs> the kids that are a little bit naughty. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Lily's Light, the movie. Be 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about some of our favorite films and TV show releases during the year of 2020 with many of our film um, critics and reporters. And now I'm going to be talking to Heather about Mulan. You know, oh, I don't think you really have to talk about the story because everyone pretty much knows classic Mulan. But maybe this is just me. I didn't feel like it had the elements as the first one. Um, there wasn't the... the the little dragon. So like, how was your overall takeaway from this film? I, I, I honestly loved it. I mean, I, even if you didn't compare it to the original one that we all know and love, it's still a great movie. And I think that it, 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 it fit its purpose. It wasn't meant to be exactly like a carbon copy of the Mulan cartoon, I think. I think it was for the generation that grew up with it and that was like six or seven years old when the original came out. They're adults now. So it sort of fit that age. So how did you feel about the messages? And I feel like it's really important, you know, now, especially like woman empowerment. So did you feel the same way? Oh, definitely. I mean, even in the original, it's her story and she she shows that she can do it and that she's a woman and that even when she was disguised as a man, if people could trust her, why can't they trust her when she's Mulan? And I I think that she got the message across that she can do anything a man can do. And she actually saved all the men. So I think that that needed to be said. She saved everyone. She threw the cannon. She started the avalanche. So she was, she was a, a quick thinker. And I think that all women no matter your age, you need to see this film because it is empowerment. And in 2020, we really need it. So, yeah. Uh, yes, I couldn't agree with you more. All right. Well, now we're going to be switching over to Samantha on The Simpsons and Trolls World Tour. Okay, so I haven't seen Trolls World, uh, World Tour, and I've heard so many great things about it. I know Trolls came out. I don't know when. I think that was 2018. If I'm not wrong, maybe I am. I probably could be like completely off. 
Um, but I haven't seen that either. So do you have to see the trolls before seeing this one or? Um, trolls World Tour is somewhat of a sequel to Trolls. Okay. I would say they, that you wouldn't have to see Trolls for this because um, there are the same characters, but it'll explain it, the beginning part. It kind of gives you a brief synopsis of all the characters and their traits, and you get to know the characters on a way deeper level than I'd say on in the original Trolls movie. Oh, okay, marvelous. Because I was, um, you know, there are some films that it's recommended to see the original before seeing a sequel, just to get a better understanding. But I like that, so then I don't have to go watch, well, I'm guessing Trolls is also a very good movie. Um, also, for The Simpsons, is that a new film? The Simpsons is a TV show. It's been around for a long time. They haven't um, seen this year, though, or did it already like end a while ago? It is currently on season 32. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just curious, is this of any, like, does Trolls, The World Tour, and Simpsons have, like, I guess relate? Because I know um, Trolls World Tour, I mean, that's like animation and like sing. But do they have anything in common particularly or not really? Um, not really. They're like, uh, they're kind of polar opposites actually because Trolls World Tour gears to maybe a younger demographic while The Simpsons is more of a PG-13 kind of show. That's great. Thank you so much for talking with me, Samantha. Um, I will definitely be checking out The Simpsons and Trolls World Tour. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about some of our favorite movie and TV show releases during the year of 2020 with many of our Kids First film critic reporters. So now we're going to be switching over to Jashatha with Playing With Fire and A Fold Wish. A folded wish. Um, I saw Playing With Fire and I actually did the interviews for that film as well. I loved it. I have not seen A Folded Wish, but from what I've heard, it's kind of inspired by ancient Japanese um, legends. So I'm really curious about this. What is The Folded Wish about? So basically, it's kind of based on how, uh, you know, like the myth about a thousand origamis grants you a wish. It's like about the origins of that. Basically like a little girl named Sadako's Sasaki, um, like back in World War II, she had developed um, leukemia. And so she would fold uh, a thousand origamis in hopes of getting better. And that's what the folded wish is all about. So if this is inspired by ancient and Japanese. So does it like throughout the film, do you see like little Japanese, like, how do I say this? Um, I guess like touches, if you know what I mean. Like, For sure, because the animators themselves are, um, I was looking at their bio and they are from uh, Japanese culture. And so just looking at the style for one thing, you can kind of see that like uh, things such as the chimneys or just um, idols, for example, are taken from Japanese culture. So that was really cool to see. Awesome. Uh, how was the animation? Because this is about like origami. First of all, I love origami. I did a mini fortune teller review. Look, haha, mini fortune teller. Um, but I love like origami. So, so how did they animate like the paper? Did it all look like relatively realistic? Yeah, it looked pretty realistic. Um, yeah, I mean, it was stylistic to look a little cute, similar to um, that Bao film. I, I believe Pixar made that one. I think so, yeah. Uh, so now let's talk about playing with fire. I know I like, oh, I, I really like the fire scenes and um, I, I think the acting was great. So how, 
like overall, just what did you feel about playing with fire? I thought it was pretty funny, like, you know, those, like, little, like, my favorite scene was just, like, watching the little one uh, run around and, like, just terrorizing John Cena. I don't know, like, that was very entertaining. So I found it funny. Definitely. All right, well, thank you so much, um, Nashita, for talking to me about playing with fire and a folded wish. So now we're going to switch over to Michaela and Ashley about Julie and the Panthom's Jurassic Park Camp season. So Ashley, um, can you tell me kind of about Jurassic Park Camp C? I feel like I have seen it, but I'm not positive. <laughs> so Jurassic Park um, Camp Cretaceous is like an, act- an action-packed um, animated um, show that follows a boy who has dreamed of going to Jurassic Park his whole life and finally gets to go after he completes a video game based on the actual um, Jurassic World uh, movie. Then it follows a series of kids who actually get to go to Camp Cretaceous. Um, And unfortunately, a bad series of events take place and they have to fend fend for themselves in uh, with dinosaurs and action. And it's really fun. That is so cool that it's, wait, it is animated, correct? Yes. Okay, because I know with Jurassic Park, I feel like it's de- usually, or I, I may be wrong, but I think this is the only um, animated one, because usually in Jurassic Park movies, everything is like live action and like with real people. And I know they also have the Jurassic Park ride in Universal, which is very fun. <laughs> that just I just remember that. Um, all right, well, and Mikala, can you tell us about Julie and the Pan... Pan- the Phantoms. Phantoms, right. <laughs> Yeah, so Julie and the Phantoms is basically about um, this girl named Julie, and her and her mom always used to write music together, and once her mom died, she kind of lost the passion for music, and she was going through her mom's old stuff, and she started to play the CD that her mom had, and when it played, all of a sudden, these three boys just fell from the earth basically. And every time nobody else can see them except for Julie. And every time that Julie plays music with them, they appear and then people can see them and then they just disappear once they're finished singing. So the three boys basically helped her to get her love for music back. And yeah, kind of talks more about that. I, that is such a cute, I like the, the um, they both have really cute messages behind them. That is so nice. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with me. And now we're going to move over to Gianna. Okay, well, Gianna, I have absolutely no clue what the Malibu Rescue is about. And it seems very interesting. So what is this? Is this a film or a series? Because now I'm getting confused with everything. So there's the first film, and then there's the series, and then there's the second film that I'm reviewing. Oh, wow. So there's like a whole package. All right. So, so why was this one of your favorite films um, of 2020? Like what made it um, like special and stand out to you? I really like the first movie in the, in the series and this movie, I really like what, like the plot of like what they have to do. Because they have to like train. So they have to make a decision. Yeah, they have to make a decision, and I like 
how if they didn't win, then they'll have to close down for the summer because like they didn't have enough interest. Yeah, that's awesome. So that seems like such a cute film. And what about like the Princess Switch? What is that about? Like, what are the messages of the Princess Switch? Um, the messages of the Princess Switch are, um, or like, what is it about in general? So the Princess Switch is about a, like a soon-to-be queen, soon-to-be queen, and her friend that she met in the first movie comes and visit her and before they visit the prin the princess that visits her go visits like the ex-boyfriend because his daughter was like text messaging her that saying that he he's not doing well and he's lonely and so she brings him over to the princess and and they like get together and in the first movie they switched places because they look alike and in this movie they switched places because since she's about to be queen she needs more time with kevin the person her ex-boyfriend she needs more time with kevin to like spend more time so they switch places, but then her cousin goes in her place because they both look alike. Yeah, I kind of, I think I understand kind of what's happening. Okay, so now um, we've been talking about our favorite movies of 2020, and we've been talking to some of our kids' film critic, um, critic reporters, but we got some new people on board. We have Ashley, Mikala, Sammy, and Kyla, and... Hi, everybody! Welcome to Kids First! Hello. How's your experience been so far? It's been really good. I love the community here, and I always watch everyone's reviews, and... I've been learning from everyone's reviews and it's just really good. We love to hear that. So why don't we go around and uh, hear how everybody found out about Kids First, starting with Kyla. Well, I heard about it and so it kind of popped up as something I might be interested in and then it kind of went away for a while and then it, um, my mom found it. And so I, tried, I did the boot camp over summer and I'm here now. What about you? <laughs> what about you, Sammy? I have been watching Kids First videos for a long time. And then I saw that it was possible to be a, um, a reporter. And then I had to jump on that opportunity. It just seemed really fun. That's so great. And then Ashley, what about you? I had watched a uh, review um, or an interview um, of Julie or Madison, Rayle Madison Reyes and the Phantoms. And I fell in love with that review, that interview as well. And they had some really great questions. And then I found out that you could, you know, become a kid's first film critic. And I took the opportunity. Awesome. What about you, Mikala? Um, I found out through, about it through a website called Kids Casting. And so I saw it and I thought it was interesting. So... Here I am. 
<laughs> well, we'd love to have you all on board. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews on the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, um, you can learn how to join our Kids First Film Critics team. you got to go to www.kidsfirst.org. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, Kids World, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Lily's Light, the movie. I'm Catherine. And I'm Zoe. And we're reporting for Kids First. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. you again for tuning in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america empowerment channel now you know more which movies tv shows or digital media to look for or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them and can make informed decisions about what to watch be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week